Hi, everybody. This is Tony Khan, the producer and director of Morning Stories from WGBH in Boston. Depending upon when you download us, this will be our last podcast of 2007 or our first podcast of 2008. Either way, it's a time to let you know how grateful I am from your appreciation of Morning Stories, your stories from Morning Stories, and your support. You make this program what it is. And thanks to a listener named Liz Cooksey, we're going to be able to start bringing you selected transcripts of our morning stories. Maybe, eventually, all of our morning stories. People learning English as a new language and people who can no longer hear will be able to read our podcasts. Any of you interested in helping with this project can contact Liz at transcripts underscore Liz at bellsouth.net. That's transcripts underscore, not a dash, transcripts underscore Liz at bellsouth.net. We're going to be making the first transcript, our podcast, Ah, My Brother, with Oliver Sacks, available at least for now on our Flickr page, right, Gary? Flickr.com slash WGBH Morning Stories. Right, and they should look for that picture of Oliver Sacks. Yep, and double-click on the picture, and they'll be taken directly to the full transcript. This is a great tool. Help us with it if you can. I asked Liz why she picked Oliver Sacks' story, and she said it was one of her favorites, and I asked her if she had any others, and she mentioned one of our very first morning stories, Mother Duck. About three years ago, we did that one. So for today's podcast, we'd like to bring it back and dedicate it to you, Liz. I think the story fits this time of endings and beginnings pretty well. And since uh, I happen to write it, Liz, we've already got the transcript. So you can put your feet up, put your keyboard down, and enjoy. Today's morning story, Mother Duck. My wife and I took time off the other day to sit on our porch in the suburbs and watch the world go by. We were amazed at once by the sight of a mother duck leading her ten ducklings in an orderly waddle down to the pond at the bottom of the street. The other end of our block intersects the town's main commuter lane running east and west. To get this far, we'd realized, she'd had to negotiate four lanes of rush hour traffic and her baby still couldn't fly. We were marveling at the accomplishment as she led her brood along the curb and over the grate of the gutter opposite our house. Three of the ducklings, no bigger than your palm, dropped right through the openings into the sewer. Sensing the loss, the mother stopped at once and, sweeping her babies behind her, retraced her steps up the street and back over the grate. In horror, we watched as the remaining seven ducklings, every last one of them, fell into the sewer too. It took the mother a moment to realize she was alone. In confusion, she looked first one way down the street, then the other, and then, by instinct, up at the clouds, the home of hawks, an all-calamity for a duck. And in a heart-rending shriek, she let out the cry of every mother who's ever seen her babies ripped by the sky or swallowed by the earth. My wife rushed inside to call the Animal Rescue League, and I ran to the garage for an old golf driver to pry off the sewer lid. As the mother squawked in circles around me, I jimmied the club into the cast iron opening and felt the shaft snap in my hands. In anguish, I looked up at the sky myself and saw two men approaching from the apartment across the street. It's the cheapest rental property on the block. The two men were strangers to me, in their mid-forties, their eyes red and bleary from a night of hard work or hard drinking. If I'd seen them coming any other time or place, I'd have crossed to the other side of the street. I told them what happened, 
And a second later, we were on the ground, our 30 fingers wrapped around the grate and pulling hard. As the mother duck circled us, alternately squawking her encouragement and shrieking at the sky, we yanked off the lid and stared into the black, silent hole of the sewer. The taller of the two men, at around six feet, lowered himself into the hole, bracing himself against the sides. The sewer was about ten feet deep there, and the ground around him relatively dry. He squatted slowly and felt around in the dark, and then, gingerly, he found and lifted every one of the lost ducklings up to us on the street. As soon as their feet touched the ground, the ten cheeping babies plugged back into line behind their mother like an extension cord, and without missing a beat, resumed their trip to the pond at the bottom of the street. The three of us looked at each other in silence, stunned by our success and sudden bond. I noticed tears forming in the bloodshot eyes of the man who had gone into the hole. I love animals, he said. That evening, I went back on the porch. The apartment across the street was dark and quiet again. But the incident that morning had left me with a gift, a temporary heightened sense of awareness that I was eager to experience before it faded away. Like an enhanced sense of touch, it seemed to bring everything closer, opening a new dimension of sights and sounds hiding in the wrinkles of ordinary things. With it, I could sense that the apartment across the street, though dark, was warm with life, and the sky above me rippled with invisible wings, and the pond at the bottom of the street, already thickening with cold, had a voice speaking in short sounds and long silences of the vastness of the unknown and of small miracles at the dead end of the street. Mother Duck. I'm here, as always, in the studio with Gary Mott. I listened to that story, and my first thought was, gee, sounds like I've got a cold. Mm. And then I thought, and very soon after I did that piece, I had to undergo heart surgery That's right. <laughs> for a completely hidden condition three years ago. And guess what? It got rid of my cold. <laughs> Life's full of surprises. You got your own three little ducklings. Yeah, my own three little you. ducklings. Yeah. <laughs> Always at risk of falling into a pit somewhere. But wow. uh, not with you around. Well, that's just it. You know, I'm uh, I'm going and coming and and work stuff. Take the rest of the year off. <laughs> it, it, uh, my my eight year old uh, uh, said, "Hey, let's build an igloo." Uh, but then, you know, my four-year-old started having a, a crisis, and Aww. my 10-year-old wanted to write about it. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Writing the story of her sister's That's, yeah. despairs. Oh, my gosh. I expect a morning story from your daughter one of these days. Something great, I'm sure. Bring them around next year. Sure. Okay. Why not? So anyway, Garrett, listen, it's only been three years. I hope it's at least another three more. It's just terrific doing the show with you. So hang in there. Don't yeah. let your kids... Uh, Make you go down the gutter. They lift me up. And in the meantime, we'll be bringing you morning stories on a regular basis. The next one, real soon, before you can say 2009. Please send us your stories, your ideas, your comments, your, your gripes. You know, why not? Morning stories at WGBH.org, our website, WGBH.org slash morning stories. You know what you can make out of gripes? What's that? Wine. We'll make a wine out it's, of your gripes. Is, is that the first <laughs> joke of 2008? I'm afraid that's the first joke of 2008. Anyway, catch you soon. Take care of yourself. Have a good new year, and we'll be back soon. Bye-bye. 
Oh, we forgot to thank Alan. Shoot. Oh, that's no, right. No, wait, wait. How could we do that? The Uber engineer. <laughs> He'll take the compliment for his colleagues. Alan Mattis, thanks a lot, Alan. Yeah. Happy New Year, too.